0: listening to All Things Video, a podcast dedicated to uncovering the past and charting the future of the online video ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by Toonstar, an animation tech startup that produces snackable, interactive content for mobile audiences. To learn more, visit Toonstar.com or download the Toonstar app. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's guest is Dave Meltzer, co-founder and CEO of Sports One Marketing. Dave, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, James. I've waited and waited to be on the show, and I appreciate your patience, but I'm so glad to be here.
0: My pleasure. Pumped to have you as well. And we're actually coming to you guys live from uh, the Entrepreneur Live event here today. Double live. Here there we go. I yeah, love it. Very exciting event. <laughs> very cool. So let's start off. You're a sports and technology executive, keynote speaker, author, humanitarian, the list goes on and on. What do you view as your primary impacts that you're making on the world?
1: You know, my biggest impact is And it stems from our mission, which is uh, creating a platform that not only makes a lot of money, but uses that to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. So the impact that we're having is everything that we do, which is the basis of my book, Compassionate Capitalism, everything we do has a charitable purpose or cause tied to it. And so whether it's impacting kids going to college Or we have a huge foundation, the Unstoppable Foundation, uh, where we've educated 31,000 women who never would have been educated before. We've educated 31,000 women. Imagine the impact that will have over the next 100 years on the earth. Those are the types of things that we do. And that's why we do it, is to impact generations to come. So how did you get your start? You know, a lot of people say it's luck. I don't. I think it's a matter of sacrifice and persistence. And so when I graduated law school, I had a choice to be an oil and gas litigator or to work in the internet. So I asked my mom, my trusted advisor, what she thought I should do. And she actually said this to me. She said, you know what? You should be a real lawyer, Dave, because this internet thing, this internet thing going to be a fad. <laughs> wow. So I took, which most people don't realize, I took a huge chance. And when I say that, it's because, you know, I have your typical Jewish mother, which means she has a black belt in the martial arts. People are like, are you kidding? She's like five feet tall. I'm like, no, she's seriously, she's a third degree black belt in the martial art of Jewish guilt. So to go against what my mom said, even though I didn't think the internet would be a fad, was a huge decision to make. I also learned an important lesson, just because someone loves you, doesn't mean that they give you good advice. And so I got into the internet first. We put legal research online with Westlaw, sold that to Thomson Reuters for 3.4 billion. So I was the youngest executive there. Parlayed that in being the CEO of Samsung's first phone division. I think one of the most unique things about my career is there's very few people that have had an executive, a high position in technology, as well as, you know, ran the most notable sports agency in the world and created sports while marketing with Warren Moon.
0: So how did sports come into the mix? How did you cross over from technology to the sports world?
1: Sports has always been in my mix because I dreamed of being a professional football player. And, you know, standing five foot seven and 150 pounds, that wasn't going to really happen because I wasn't as fast as Darren Sproul's. Yeah, or you and me both.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think about it.
1: In the corporate world, I tried, I suggest people do this. You know, people say, oh, it's so hard to get a job in sports. Well, my skill set did not determine the ability to be in sports yet. So when I was in technology, I surrounded myself with sports. I learned the customer side of sports. I hired people to do appearances. They were sports heroes. I went to events and sponsored them, sporting events. I learned the business of sports as a customer. And then as my customer as it became a bigger and bigger customer, I actually became kind of a name in sports as a customer. I had relationship capital. I had situational knowledge. And then as technology became bigger, I actually met Lee Steinberg without looking for a job, by the way, the most notable sports agency in the world. And I convinced him in 48 hours to make me the chief operating officer of his company based on my situational knowledge of technology and being a customer in sports. And how did that go? You know, it went exceptionally well. You know, Lee is still one of my great mentors, even though he has some personal issues that he had to overcome Uh, He was an incredible influence on my life, teaching me things like be kind to your future self, teaching me that I could be a compassionate capitalism, that I could put value first for social good and that the money still would come. He also introduced me to Warren Moon, uh, who became my future business partner and we've been business partners for almost 10 years. A lot of great things that happened. I actually got promoted to CEO within six months of being there. So I think uh, Lee had always been happy with my performance and our friendship as well.
0: That's great. So he connected you with Warren. And what inspired the two of you to go on and launch Sportsman Marketing?
1: You know, it was kind of a backwards inspiration. I had built a business model that is Sports One's business model that I was hoping to implement within the agency. Lee, unfortunately, had some personal issues as an alcoholic, which he has now come public and he's sober. God bless him. And Warren and I are still there for him and with him. But about 10 years ago, Warren was worried for me. I had four children, worried for me and my family. And he asked me to spin off a company with him. And so we partnered in Sports One Marketing. Great. And what do you focus on today? You know, making a lot of money, helping a lot of people, having a lot of fun. But what that means is bringing all the inner, inner circle of sports and entertainment. Not only celebrities, athletes, and entertainers, but media, high net wealth individuals, sponsors, activation, product placement to the biggest events in the world, like Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Master, Kentucky Derby, all the different film festivals that we work with. But we also created an aggregated marketing platform, using my technology background, that aggregates not only sponsors – But thousands of events, charitable events, golf tournaments, so that now a sponsor can sponsor not just one golf tournament, but 5,700 golf tournaments through either elite events or Dixon Golf, for example. So this aggregated marketing platform has done extremely well for us, and it leads into just a variety of other charitable causes and purposes that we follow.
0: So I was just about to ask you, you know better than anybody, how the game has changed so much over the last 10, 20 years. How is online video impacting what's happening in the world of sports and sports marketing?
1: You know, it's impacted it incredibly. It's allowed me, for example, on my podcast to be competitive with ESPN. You know, I was in shock when I launched the playbook. I hit number four on iTunes, right? Beating out Gary Vee, Barstool Sports, ESPN. And that's because I wasn't just focused on my podcast, but you can see we have online video going right now. So short form video And because of the influence of short form video and online video on sports, I actually purchased a media company so that I could do what I do best, which is not just innovate, but what makes me really successful and will continue is not only that I'm of service first and of of charity first, but more importantly, we actually are the production of the production. I bought a media company to create short-form video to elevate profiles, brands, and awareness the same way I did traditionally with celebrities and athletes back with Lee Steinberg.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head that now anyone has access to being a content creator, right? Anyone can produce, distribute, monetize, build an audience, engage a following. You don't have to be ESPN anymore. You can be Two guys sitting in a trailer at a conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if
1: you know your vibration and you realize there's 7 billion people out there and I'm going to be me, right? I'm going to shoot my vibration, my frequency, and I'm going to build an audience that resonates with me. Let me give you an example. The people who run Kim Kardashian social media, I know those guys, they offered to post my book and I told them, no, it wouldn't do any good. I, I don't think anyone would even be aware of it because her following is not my frequency. And it's just a different, it's not better or worse. It's a different frequency. My frequency is at a level and at a different vibration where people who want to you know, give back and be of service and have a charitable inclination, entrepreneurs, that's my vibration. And I'm talking to it. And I think you are too, James. That's why I'm on here. And we can attract a huge audience that's
0: highly engaged that we can monetize for goodness. What are some of the challenges that come with that mission? What are some of the things that you're working to overcome right now? You know, time is always a
1: challenge. You can be aware of and careful of what you wish for. You know, I have four kids. I have a wife. And it's the first time in my life that I walked at the Dolphins game on Sunday night, the Oakland Dolphins Sunday night game. And for the first time in my life, one of the concessionaires stopped and was like, oh my gosh, Mr. Meltzer, please stop. I just want to thank you so much for your videos. Well, you know, what most people don't realize is with the success comes a price And I don't want to pay that price at the expense of my seven-year-old son, my three teenage daughters, or, you know, I outkick my coverage, my unbelievably beautiful and wonderful wife. And so sometimes I feel like I'm out of balance and I really have to challenge myself to make sure that I'm not wearing myself down because I do get home, but I want to spend quality time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fall asleep at seven
0: o'clock when I get there. You preach four core principles, gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. What experiences of yours helped shape that philosophical framework? Really one
1: experience in my life, I lost everything. And when I lost everything, over $100 million on paper. You know, I had a golf course, a ski mountain, I had hundreds of homes. My wife was not happy with what and who I had surrounded myself with. And she told me to go back and take stock in who I was and who I wanted to become. And through some serious soul searching and learning to think introspectively, I realized there was only four principles that would lead me back to where I'm at, a solely purposeful existence for the benefit of others, not for myself. And that's gratitude, which gave me perspective. Made my past better, my present even brighter, and my future even incredibly better. Empathy, which is forgiveness. I had to forgive myself for all the idiotic things that I did, but I I couldn't give what I didn't have. So forgiveness is so powerful because if I could forgive myself, I could forgive others. Accountability, two questions to ask, very simply, what did I do to attract this in my life? And what am I supposed to learn from it? And those helped me so much because I was in a very tight spiral of blame, shame, and justification. And once I took accountability for being a moron, it really changed my life. And then finally, what I call effective communication, which is two-way communication, not just communicating between you and I to connect on that which inspires us, but truly connect to that which inspires me. I don't care what you believe in. It could be God, Jesus, Muhammad, Joseph Smith. Does not matter even the 12th man if you're a Seahawks fan. If you live an inspired life, If you live in spirit, you know that the universe is in your favor. So every single thing that's happening, you can be gracious, forgiving, and accountable and know that it's happening for the best reason, for the best purpose, so you can enjoy the pursuit of your potential.
0: So what advice do you have for those going through those tough times right now? Obviously, you've been there. You take those principles. You've been able to learn and move on from it. What do you say to reach out to those people going through it
1: now? When when I was at my lowest point, I told myself, if I can look up, I can get up. But what really changed my life was understanding the best thing I can do is detach my happiness from any outcome. I still have outcomes that I want. I'm very goal-oriented, but I enjoy the pursuit of that potential or that outcome. I enjoy the pursuit of it, not the outcome to it. And that when I realized that 100% of my decisions were based off of 10% of the truth, and the other 90% was perception, that all I had to do as Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer taught me, Change the way I looked at things and the things I looked at changed. So if anyone out there is having difficulties, challenges, shortages, voids or obstacles, please focus in on detaching your happiness from the outcomes that you wish for. But most of all, change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change.
0: What does the future hold for
1: Sports One Marketing? Future holds helping a lot more people make a lot more money and having a lot more fun. We are in the midst of a variety of different projects that will help and raise millions of dollars. And so the future is going to be one of evolution, not of revolution. We're going to evolve into a company that grows as it is exponentially, but more importantly, will have more impact on more people, whether it's more scholarships for kids through the Crescent Moon Foundation. I'd like to see another 50,000 women educated in Africa. I also work with the Boys and Girls Clubs, with the St. Jude Hospital. We work with over you know 100 different charities. And so my main future outcome that I'm enjoying is to try to double the amount of money I raise for great causes every single year.
0: You're also the author of two books, Connected to Goodness and Compassion and Capitalism. What motivated you to write those, put pen to paper, in, and kind of capture those principles?
1: Uh, the first was motivated by my wife because I took those principles and I started living by them. And the hardest part of my life was I lived for two years by those principles, and that's when I ended up bankrupt. So the universe was testing me. Even my wife was so scared and insecure about what was happening, and it gave me so much confidence that I had no doubt that I was going to be bigger, stronger, and better than I was. And so when everything turned out the way that I envisioned it, even better, that's when I decided to go to the Napoleon Hill Foundation and tell them I want to write a book like Think and Grow Rich, my favorite book, one in which I read again and again when I was having my deepest challenges. And I said, I want to write a book like that with both spirituality, inspiration and pragmatic business advice. And so that's where Connected to Goodness came. And it keeps selling more and more books every month, helping more and more people. It is a Think and Grow Rich type of book. Uh, the second book, I was approached by Blaine Bartlett from the World Bank, and uh, Blaine's a great business, world business consultant, and he asked if I would assist him in writing a book called Compassionate Capitalism, because he said that the business that Warren and I was running was the first true active example of how to be a compassionate capitalism, that he saw, you know, my trainings weren't about being a sports agent, they were about gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. He saw that we were of service as a company first. But yet, we were capitalists. We want to make a lot of money so we can help a lot of people.
0: And what are some other books that have impacted you in your life? You mentioned "Think and Grow Rich."
1: Think and Grow Rich, uh, Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. Outliers is another one. Uh, Surrender Experiment is another one. You know, there's been a variety. I, you know, probably shouldn't tell everyone, but I, the most difficult book that I read every day that changes my life is A Course in Miracles. It's a little bit religious, so for those people that aren't into that kind of thing. But I have extracted some great wisdom from the Course in Miracles, which is something that Esther Hicks had read, that Wayne Dyer had read. That, you know, some of my great mentors, Bob Proctor, have all Blaine Bartlett. Um, so those are some of the key books, and there's many more. I'm a voracious reader. I actually uh, have one trick: if you're, you know, there's great summaries that you can look at if you don't have time to read a book. I also use Audible for books, and I turn it to three times speed. So one of my bad habits is. I think from listening to so many books at three times speed, sometimes I talk too fast. Uh-huh. Cool. Same fast. <laughs> but I listen really fast too. But I can, I can consume three times as many books as most people do to audible, sense.
0: right? And it's crazy how quickly your brain adjusts. People get in the car with me and I've got podcasts on 2x speed, so now you're leveled like <laughs> that. But people are like, what are you listening to? Yeah, I've been
1: in the chipmunks. No, no, that's my, pod, that's my podcast. It's cool. That's right. <laughs> how do I sound at two times speed? Have you heard it yet? <laughs> <laughs> you got to let me know how that's the playbook right. sounds sure, at we'll two times.
0: What's coming next? If you think about, obviously, we talked about the online video revolution and think about what's, what's going on in the online video space today. What do you predict is coming in the next few years?
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to take advantage of is where the big winner is going to be is that I'm in a cross generation where I believe that I can learn to monetize traditional media with digital media. I don't think that all traditional media, TV, signage, billboards, even radio is a loss. I think it's a platform. It's like the NFL. I keep saying the NFL is one of the best stages in the world. They just have to learn to treat it as a stage, not a game, right? It's all about the presentation because who cares if 30 or 80,000 people are at a game when I can reach 8 million people or 80 million or even 2 billion to watch one of these games If I know how to utilize traditional media and then extend and leverage it through the digital era, through the mediums that are provided, the access that we give. So that's where I'm really focused right now is in that productivity. The other area in sports is I'd like to be the Dana White of esports. I think that no one has more capacity than me, knowing technology, knowing sports, and sports agentry to understand how to monetize these new athletes. No one's figured it out, so I really study a lot and ask for help to try to be the Dana White of uh, esports.
0: Very cool. Tell me a little bit more yeah. about what you're doing in esports today.
1: You know, currently we're working with Twitch and Blizzard, looking at several teams. By the way, we're with Emma Street G, when we're in New York, uh, Leonidas. You know, we've talked to so many different people that are buying teams. That doesn't interest me, although we could, Warren and I, buy an eSports team. I'm really looking, like I said, to understand how can I leverage the traditional monetization of sports into eSports. So we have the AMP platform, which is built for virtual advertising and sponsorship. So it implements directly into Twitch. It can be put into a game. It's organic in nature where we can aggregate 15 sponsors and put it digitally into a championship or onto an athlete. And so we're looking at the different ways to leverage traditional sponsorship, advertising, media, product placement in a digital world and a digital athletic forum like esports
0: yeah and i agree i think there's so much opportunity in esports i think the broader point here is that traditional and digital have a lot to learn from one another right we shouldn't be just an isolationist in one camp or the other there's a lot of collaboration and things that we can borrow from either either party to kind of bridge the bridge those two worlds there's a
1: lot of money being spent in both and anyone that ignores either or is making a huge mistake
0: that's right uh, if you were starting a business in the online video space today, what would you do? Would it be focused on esports, something else that catches your attention?
1: You know, it's it's where I sit, right? If I was I was there, I would concentrate on the content side and distribution of that content. As much as people like, who helped me? One of the best guys in the world is Gary Vee. And everyone knows he's a genius in online marketing. Even Gary, who's completely humble, will tell you that we, like I said, we make 100% of our decisions on 10% of the truth. I think we know about 1% of how to take advantage of that social media market and how to market to it. And I think you'll see, James, in 10 years when we sit here again and talk to each other and you still won't be as old as I am, you'll (laughs) say, oh my gosh, can you believe how antiquated we were about utilizing Snapchat, Instagram and Facebook or whatever else, these new tools or platforms that will exist. I'm very cognizant about the fact that I don't know what I don't know. And I just want to evolve faster than other, raise my awareness so I can learn more about how to market for this social media combined with traditional experience that I have and monetize it so I can help more people.
0: You mentioned that we're, we don't even know half the things that are going to happen you know, between now and 10 years from now. What are some of the things that have caught you off guard that you were surprised by, say, in the past three to five years? Wow. I love that
1: question. You know, fantasy is one of them. It's remarkable how it's transformed sports to allow everyone to participate. It has detracted from the team marketing concept Mm -hmm. into an individual. The other side of it is the personal branding. It's very uh, surprising and caught, I think, teams and traditional guys off guard that an individual could have so much exposure awareness and profile building power. And it's amazing to me that a Dave Meltzer could have the number four podcast in the world on iPods. When three years ago, I was like Warren Moon's partner or Lee Steinberg, CEO, or the guy that used to run Samsung's phone division. You know, I was what I called just you famous. If I went somewhere in line, they're like, okay, just you. Well, now the power is incredible. If you really understand and put your energy, capital, and focus in on it, you can build a brand, a personal brand, no matter whether you play for the New York Yankees or you're some, you know, schmuck like me that just has had great experience and some fun exposure.
0: Where can people find out more about you and more about Sports One Marketing? Marketing
1: SportsOneMarketing.com is a great place to go. We also have DaveMeltzer.com and you can always catch me at Dave Meltzer and at David Meltzer. I think we just picked up our new Instagram. I love it. Buy my name back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, sometimes those are. It, I
1: never thought I'd it's have happy.
0: to do it, but it was well worth it.
1: <laughs> so thank you very much, David Meltzer and Israel for giving up your name to me. And there we go. <laughs> and uh,
0: everyone encourage you to check out the books, check out the podcast. And, a yeah. lot of and Elevator, Pits,
1: the TV show. Yeah. Oh, check me out on entrepreneur media, entrepreneur.com. I'm all over entrepreneur, which is a great honor.
0: Well, this has been so much fun getting to learn a little bit more about your journey and background and some of the things that are exciting to you today, whether it's eSports, the evolution of you know, the team, the player concept, fantasy, what's happening in that world. Just a treat to sit down with you and hear a little bit more. So thanks again.
1: I appreciate everyone out there. Make sure you're kind to your future self and wherever you can help other people. Right. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm James Creech, and this has been another edition of All Things Video. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll share and subscribe for new episodes. See you next time.
1: What are you working for? It's about more than what you do. It's about achieving something greater for yourself and for others. So ADP is enabling people to work better and embrace new challenges, to work anywhere and everywhere, and helping everyone reach their full potential. At ADP, we're designing a better way to work so you can achieve what you're working for. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com.